Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 224 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, Ray is still just, he's just in a bad place. <laughs> he's got so much work to do. Uh, but he will be back as soon as he possibly can. But in the meanwhile, it gives me an opportunity to catch up with some old friends. And so today I have Todd here. How are you doing, Todd? Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, sorry about poor Ray and all his work. Well, I mean, the he's he, his... He was a recruiter for college, an art college. So he spends this portion of the year traveling. And I think his area is like the South. And so he has a lot of schools he has to visit out there, high schools and everything. And then on top of that, he is finishing up his master's in art. And so it's basically like travel, travel, travel. And then as soon as he's home, paint, 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 paint. And then uh, go back, travel, travel, travel. And then come back and paint, paint, paint. So he's he's fine. He's just exhausted. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm uh, Now, you had said originally you and he were going to talk about Eternals. Is that right? Um, we, we are going, we are holding off for him to, to talk about Eternals, but okay. yes, that, that is, that is one of the things that is coming up. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. That's what I was, I was going to be like, so if you were bringing me in as a replacement <laughs> to talk about Eternals, um, we, we might have a problem. Have you, have you kept up with the Marvel franchise or is it, or is yeah. that one of the things? I'm, I think I'm completely caught up except for Eternals. I saw the what ifs um, on the Disney plus and all of the, you know, the Loki and all those other ones. Um, oh, the new Spider-Man movie's not out yet, right? No, it's coming out in December. Okay. So if close. That, okay. If that one's not out yet, then yeah, I think I'm completely caught up except for Eternals. Are you looking forward to that one? Or is that one so far off your radar? It's just like, you'll see it because you've seen the rest. I mean, at this point, I will just watch everything Marvel does because it's <laughs> it's all been good, um, especially especially lately. To be honest, I feel like Marvel's been getting better uh, mm -hmm. over time. But uh, I don't know anything about the Eternals from the comic books. I I didn't. I don't even recognize the Eternals. So I don't. Yeah. Know. I I know, I know a couple of, I knew a couple of characters because they did become members of the Avengers at some point, but I had to go back when they announced that they were doing Eternals and like read a couple of the, the collections because I'm like, I have no idea what, like, what is this? I've heard of some of these characters before, but <laughs> I have no idea where they're going. And I got to say, they, they did like a combination of, multiple runs because they have the, the turtles just really have like limited runs. Okay. And when they do um, like, I don't know what they're doing next. Cause I don't know that there's anything left in the comic story wise. So I think whatever they do next is kind of just whatever they're making up. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think <laughs> there's, I don't think there's anything in the comics that is dealing with what, comes next so i'm um, i'm interested to see where they go with it 
Okay. Well, and that's what's been interesting about the cinematic universe is that they are inspired by the comics, but for various reasons, they're also not the same as the comics. And it's exactly. like it's like when they make a, a movie based on a book, I'm always kind of annoyed at how different it is from the book. But I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so different that I right. can go into these movies. Like, I had read all of the um, the Civil War comics. But mm -hmm. I when I went in to watch Captain America Civil War, I knew it was not going to be anything like the comics. This is a completely right. different... It's a whole different animal. So I didn't go in with that expectation, and that let me appreciate it. Did you enjoy Civil War? The the uh, comic books? Oh, the comic books, I... Uh, yes and no. I mean, there were good parts. Um, and there, there were good parts and there were bad parts. I, I prefer it when the superheroes are fighting the bad guys. So mm -hmm. them fighting yeah. each other wasn't really my jam. Right. Um, but, and I was really sad because I love science and technology. So I, and I love the fantastic four. I, I really am a, you know, big fan of Reed Richards and all that. And so mm -hmm. I was very sad to see him doing all kinds of stuff. I disagreed with in the right civil war comics. Um, and and at the same time, I I didn't care for the m movie having the superheroes fight each other as a general theme. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that airport scene is pretty darn fun. It's epic. I love that. I w I can just watch that. Like I know there's like YouTube videos that will just just isolate the fights and stuff. And I'm like, I'll just watch this. That and the epic end game finale. Like <laughs> those are the two that I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to pull this up on Disney plus and just fast forward to that part. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love, I love seeing Spider-Man in there and interact and I love him and um, um, the flying guy, the bird guy. Uh, Falcon. Uh, Falcon. Yeah. I love their, interact, <laughs> their interplay where, where Spider-Man's all talking while he's fighting and Falcon's like, you know, normally there's not this much talking during a fight. And oh, such a great line because that's so Spider-Man from the comics too. He's always chit chatting while he's right. fighting. And it, oh man, that I always, was great. I always thought Tobey Maguire was a really good Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but I love that. Um, um, Oh, what's his name? Um, Tom Holland. I feel like he's a good kind of combination of the two. He's still a little bit different, I think, than original Spider-Man, but he's close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. I think he's he's awesome. Yeah. Because he did both Peter Parker and Spider-Man convincingly, where I don't know that the other two did both well. I did not love the end of Captain America Civil War, though, because it just got so dark and sad. Yeah. And there, uh, I mean, yeah, Tony, uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, whatever, I was just out for blood in a really uncomfortable way. Mm hmm Yeah. So, yeah, the end, I don't love the ending. It was, it, it got too dark for me personally, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I like. It, it uh, the third act of that movie is a little bit, um, I don't want to say jump the shark because it completely fits with what they were trying to do, mm -hmm. but um, I can definitely see why 
I see why they did it. I would, yeah, I would agree. It's not my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. But then I also think that the comic and the movie brought up interesting questions about government oversight and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've always said the thing about superheroes is okay. In the American legal system, as I understand it, you're entitled to a right to a, a jury of your peers, mm-hmm. which which would have to mean other superheroes mm-hmm. in a world where superheroes are real, right? Right. Yeah, I would I don't, agree. So anyway, so having ordinary humans with government oversight over superheroes, I don't know if that makes sense just as a concept. Yeah, it kind of... I don't know. It's it's <laughs> comic book legal stuff is very interesting. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with She Hulk. I hope. Yeah. I hope she does law stuff. I hope. Yes. She does law stuff. Absolutely. That's her her jam in the in the comic books, and I think that's an interesting thing for for a superhero to have a regular, and important. Um, regular day job, you know, right. a lot of them do when they're trying to keep their secret identities, but like Peter Parker taking pictures of himself for the newspaper is not a compelling day job. It's funny. No. <laughs> it's <Yes>. funny. <laughs> and it fits. It's totally what he would do. But yeah, She-Hulk has a lot of interesting potential and storylines and stuff outside of turning into a big green tough person and punching bad guys. Right. Well, and I'm usually in the comics, they make her the prosecuting attorney and Matt Murdock, the defense attorney. And I've loved over the years, those little dynamics, like this kind of mutual respect, but also I'm not, I'm, I'm out for blood in this case kind of thing. So I don't, I haven't actually read a lot of their comics. I've read just, a, just enough to know. To be familiar with the characters, but yeah, they they don't do it all the time. But the, and often they'll show up in big crossovers, and it won't be yeah. yeah it won't or, you know I read a lot of Avengers where um, She Hulk was on the team, and anytime she went into court, she was up against Matt Murdock. <laughs> and, and, and this is this this mutual respect, but that kind of competitive, you're not going to win this case kind of stuff. And it's just like a, a, it's a panel or sure. or maybe two, but it's still just like. A little bit of that reality added to the craziness of comic books. I liked it. Well, I remember her playing a big, big part in the in the Civil War comic books too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, we didn't <laughs> actually. We weren't actually supposed to be talking about Marvel movies, though. So. We're, we're supposed to talk about whatever we feel like talking about today. This is a we're hanging out, chatting about stuff we like episode. So, um, I think this all qualifies. <laughs> What have you been geeking out about? What have you been doing? What's your weekly geekery? Well, I am enjoying the uh, campaign three of Critical Role and uh, watching watching that. I, I just watch it on YouTube when it comes out. I don't. I'm not watching it live. Um, and you know that has got me all excited about role playing games and Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of stuff. So. I've been enjoying getting to role play game play role playing games with you guys uh, online. I'm still sad my my face to face Dungeons and Dragons group has not gotten back together since uh, since COVID. That's awful. Since the COVID lockdown, we we played online for a while, even though we're all in town in the same town together. We played you know over voice chat and with um, Roll Twenty and mm-hmm. and. 
that works well enough. I actually kind of enjoyed that because, you know, I'm I'm a shy, introverted hermit who's like, <laughs> let's just play online, guys. This is great. Why do I have to go over to your house like a like a caveman? Like <laughs> we have technology. It's twenty one. It's twenty twenty one. People, <laughs> we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was all for that, but there were there were some technical issues, um, mostly because not all the players have uh, reliable computers. And and then summer came around, and people were like, "Hey, what if we take a break so we can enjoy the sunshine outside?" And I was like, "Well, I mean." We can take a break if you want. I'm not going outside. Why would I leave my house? That's mad. Looked outside, saw your shadow, went back in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I go out for a little Pokemon Go now and again, but mm. any anyway. So we took a break for summer, and then we've just never started up again. So still missing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? Put- what have, What have you been doing for geekery? Well, our mutual friend, Kelly Hightower, literally left five hours ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I drove her to the airport at uh, at 4.45, <laughs> and, uh, but we had a nice uh, 36 hours with her, so that was fun. She came in for, you know, half a day of Friday and all of Saturday, and it was it was just nice to hang out. We haven't been able to hang out in... I think it's been four years. Yeah. So I bet while she was there, I bet she made you guys play a lot of Settlers of Catan, right? Because it is we, I have, favorite I, game. I have actually never played Settlers of Catan. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, I'm being sarcastic. She apparently hates it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's just because the people she's played with were not good people to play board games with but that's just my hypothesis i don't know i don't mm-hmm. um, well i do i know i do know that her and i are both in the we don't like board games camp oh board games are so great and sellers of Catan is so great but of course it's because i think we've played with competitive people yeah, yeah. And, well that's why i don't care for it i don't know that that's why she doesn't care for it but that's why i don't care for it i know that i would much rather play a cooperative game so have you ever played it's horrible to play now because thanks covid but pandemic have you ever pandemic. played that yes oh i i i love that board game it's a great game but it's i like it because game. you're working together and there's no competition so you don't have to like like i always feel bad if i'm doing really well <laughs> but then i also feel bad if i'm not doing really well so it's like <laughs> It's very board games are very uncomfortable for me. It's either that or taboo. Have you played taboo? I have played taboo. I don't rem a long time ago. I don't remember exactly what it what it's all about now. It's where you've got the little card and you have to get your team to say the word at the top of the oh, card, but you sure, can't say any of the words under it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get ridiculously competitive with that game. Like I don't, I don't like myself after playing that game. <laughs> well, becoming overly competitive, and and it sounds like that was what Kelly's board game friends were were doing too. That that can that can ruin it um, mm-hmm. for sure. Because I think I like board games because they are a 
fun thing to do if you have to be in a room with other people. Um, but there are, <laughs> it 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 gives you an activity, but it also, in my mind, uh, allows for uh, conversations to come up and and jokes to come up and mm-hmm. you know and and to have that interaction. It provides a framework for social interaction. I'm I'm the kind of person where if I'm at a party for some like if I've gotten lost and have ended up at a party somehow <laughs> yeah yeah and and I'm and what we're doing at this party is standing around eating hors d'oeuvres and having conversations I hate that so much because I don't know what to say in that environment it's very uncomfortable but if i'm in a situation where there's some an activity like we're playing a board game and also having some conversations that's much better for me yeah well i mean it's uh, like both you and i are are i think very far on the introvert side of the spectrum <laughs> and um i've i've done studies because my not studies but i've read studies wow. Yeah, I haven't done it myself. I've read them. Um, <laughs> because my husband is an extrovert, and it's like, okay, how do we make this work? <laughs> and it the one of the most painful things for introverts is small talk. Yeah, like, right? We don't want to talk about the weather. We don't want to talk about, like, chit-chat stuff. How do you, how's it work? Like, you and I will sit and have an entire conversation about Marvel. But, sure, sure. But, like, we don't, like, if it's a benign chit chat like it try i like it introverts can't do it <laughs> it's not in our wheelhouse yeah ex- ex- exactly it's like i spend a lot of my day looking for dopamine hits right mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. for anything that'll trigger a little dopamine in the old noggin and the weather doesn't do that uh, it, it, the if you come up to me at a party and say hey have you seen the new marvel movie I will I will still want to go home because I don't like <laughs> being around that many people but I at least I will say oh marvel this is something I can talk about right you know that's a subject so how do how do you as an introvert and uh your partner as an extrovert make that work cuz isn't he like I want to go to the parties I want to go hang out with other people and you're like I want to stay home and play video games yes it it it, it has been it has been a journey um we have decided on a, like it's it's kind of understanding each other a little bit and knowing okay um I can tell when he is being under socialized. And so I will like, let's go out to, let's go out to lunch or let's go out to dinner. Let's get you out of the house because I can tell you're climbing the walls and you need social interaction. And he's not as good as picking it up. But if I say I am burnt out, I cannot people right now. He's usually pretty good of like, okay, I'll go let you, you know, go hermit in your office. And then I will, we will catch up later. So it's just kind of a being honest about where your your social energy level is and and understanding that the other person has different social needs than you do. And so, you know, there's also a lot of bargaining. All right, we'll go to this <laughs> we'll go to this party, but then realize the next day I will be useless to you. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in my room the whole for 24 hours after the party. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's fair. That's fair. And it has been nice. He's been making an effort. It feels like to get into some of your, your geeky activities. He's, he plays, uh, in a, in what is not with us, which is he plays in, he plays in what is not. He has been doing uh, phasmophobia. Uh, we played once with uh, Yumi, him, uh, Kelly, and my brother. He was just he was just watching at that point. But yeah, yeah. He, but he was there, and then you know we talked about it, and he's like, "Well, I kind of felt like I wasn't involved." So when I played with Mike last week, uh, I said, "All right, we'll take turns. So I'll drive, then you'll drive, then." I'll drive and then you'll drive. And you know, he get a little frustrated because he, he doesn't have the natural. I Todd, I never realized how much you just pick up from playing so many video games that when you pick up a new video game, it just makes sense to you. Sure. Sure. Where somebody who's never played video games picks up a video game and they just, they can't, it's not, natural at all and things that you think would just make sense they they you have to explain you don't even think oh i need to explain this to this person yeah sure sure like 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 holding down shift to run yes we, as gamers one of the first things i think we all do in any game is press hold the shift button while we're moving just to see is this a game where shift makes you run because a lot of games that's the case right but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a, somebody who hasn't played games the whole time is like, "Oh my goodness, you mean there is a shift button? There, mm-hmm. there, there is a run button that never occurred to me. How interesting!" Yeah the the hand eye coordination of uh, W A S D and turning with the mouse <laughs> that's a skill oh, that we don't goodness. even think about anymore. And then. Um, when Kelly was here, she said that she was having trouble opening doors because as much as I love Phasmophobia, yep. it's still a little bit of a clunky game. Yep. <laughs> there were several times where Matt's like, I'm stuck. Yep. <laughs> like, I've tried to open this door for three minutes. I am stuck. You need to get me out of here. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's that's fair. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, using WASD to, to walk in the mouse to move around is something so fundamental it didn't even occur to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's it. There was one time when I was going to try and get him to learn how to play Heroes of the Storm. Did you ever play Heroes of the Storm? Oh yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I love that game. I haven't played it in a very long time, but I did love it. And that's when I re- that's I think when I first realized, oh, we have to start slow because <laughs> he has he has years and years and years of video games to catch up on just in the mechanics of knowing how to do things like you can't just like we have to find something simpler because dumping him in this is yeah frustrate him and then he doesn't like playing video games yeah yeah no i think that was that's smart that was a tricky uh because that's one of these uh like mobas where every mm-hmm. every character has different abilities and everything would be very complex for somebody who didn't have any video game foundation. I wanted to get. I wanted to play Chogall with him, and I'm like, "I'll drive. Just hit button." Yeah. I- <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we did that, and um, yeah, no, we've we we've been trying to do more things. He loves travel. I enjoy travel. I don't enjoy travel as much as he does, but yeah. Again, we're learning. You know, <laughs> we we took the the three week uh, um, road trip. And we realized that that is not something we could ever do again. 
at least in that format, because what it became was drive for six hours, unpack at the hotel, sleep, get up the next morning, pack up, drive for six hours, you know, and it varied and there were different stops. And sometimes we stayed for more than one night, but it was just go, go, go the entire time. And about halfway through, I was like, this isn't, this is, I am enjoying, I am enjoying the quiet in the car with you listening to true crime podcasts. The rest of it is no bueno. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah. so if we're going to do this again, we need to <laughs> maybe think about scale and timing and stretch it out a little bit as far as how much we are in one place and maybe shorten it on the, on the end so that we're not doing it for three weeks straight. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Three weeks is a long time. <laughs> he goes, you should have warned me. And I'm like, I did. <laughs> as soon as we said three weeks, I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, you should have warned him more emphatically. Exactly. <laughs> you, you get me, Todd. <laughs> well, that's something, uh, like I have said to people that I had first met, oh, I don't like crowds. And mm. then, like, when I was in my 20s, I went through a period of trying to be normal. Mm. So I had a roommate who was a normal person who would who would want to go to parties and uh, and go to clubs and all these things. And I was I was trying to fit in. So what so I would go to these things from time to time. And I would say when like when we'd meet his friends or whatever, I'd say, I don't like crowds. And mm -hmm. they'd say, Oh yeah, I don't like crowds either. And then we'd get to one of these places and I would be uh, almost comatose com comatose. Mm -hmm. You know, like really shutting down and mm -hmm. and uh, and not re not responsive, not talking, not doing much of anything. And they'd be like, "Are you okay? What's wrong with you?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, it's just I, you know, I, it's very crowded." And I said, "I don't like crowds." And they were like, "Well, I'm," and they would be confused, right? They'd mm -hmm. be like, "Well, yeah, but you're having some kind of panic attack." And in my mind, the phrase "I don't like crowds" means I have an anxiety, I have a medical anxiety disorder <laughs> that I take medication for and crowds are one of my triggers that will trigger panic attacks and, and mental health problems. Mm -hmm. And that is apparently not what I don't like crowds means to most people. Right. And it, we, <laughs> we very much learned that we have to be very specific, <laughs> especially with them, it, those extroverts, because <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't like crowds either. Oh, crowds are the worst. Like, no. <laughs> Different type of dislike. <laughs> yep. You don't like crowds the way that you might not care for the celery that comes with your hot wings. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like crowds the way that I will, I will black out. Mm -hmm. We mean different things, but yeah, I imagine that uh, being married to someone who's an extrovert is a lot of learning each other's triggers and learning each other's language and social cues and stuff to try to communicate better, huh? Yeah, that it's a it's a big part of it, and we we've you know every every day, every week, every month, we get better, 
and we have we have relapses <laughs> where I will just be like, I cannot talk to you right now. I am so overpeopled. And, he, and he's like taking it personally. And he's like, but I, but that doesn't mean with me. Yes, you are people. <laughs> you too are people. All the people. <laughs> All the people. So one of my struggles with uh, with that with being over socialized is that work. 40 hours a week minimum, I am socializing. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun or anything, but it means that when I come when I come home from work, as a single person, it's easy enough for me to say, well, most of my life I've been single. It's and it has been easy enough for me to say, okay, I am I am sick of socializing and everything. I'm just gonna be alone for the rest of the day. And when I got to a point in my life financially where I could have my own place and not have roommates anymore, of course, that became a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're cohabitating with somebody, I imagine that you get home from work and are tired of, of being with people and want alone time. And that might be difficult for you to understand. Well, especially because I work at a school with lots of children who constantly need attention and he works from home. With nobody here. <laughs> oh my gosh, you two are in the exact opposite roles of of what would be good for your personalities. Yeah, we we chose poorly. <laughs> we chose very poorly. And Can so I come. Which can he just show up in your class one day and say, "I'm your teacher," and you could just be home and not do video chat, and nobody would know that you're not him. <laughs> You know what? So many people think that we look alike anyway that it might actually be workable. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's been plenty of times where I've come home over socialized and he's under socialized and we look <laughs> at each other and we just know this is not going to work well. <laughs> and so I'm like, you got an hour <laughs> and then I need a break. Oh boy. Well, that's nice. And she let you give him an hour of socializing. And then, yeah, you know, he tells me about his day and it's like, uh huh, uh huh. I'm actively listening. It's good. We're all good. (laughs) I think if you say the words, I'm actively listening. (laughs) Oh, no, that's all in my head. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I I don't think you actually are if you're if you're saying those words. (laughs) That's that little bring you back to the reality. Focus, focus. So yeah, oh this 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 episode could have just been on on being an introvert and having to deal with other people. My goodness, it could be. It could have been. But we did want to talk about um, RPGs, tabletop RPGs. So shall we go to a break and then come back and geek out about our our role playing games? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. And Todd and I, we, I, I asked him to to jump on this morning yesterday. And we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? And I think as I was asking the question, I was like, we're probably going to talk about <laughs> uh, tabletop role-playing games because that's what the two of us love. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, we have uh, a lot of things in common, really. But that was, uh, we had just finished playing the uh, uh, GURPS online and mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. you know and like i said i've been watching the new season of critical role and so yeah tabletop role-playing games were very much on my mind although i did briefly consider um suggesting that we talk about the international space station just because i think it's cool but are you a space geek i i i i mean yeah as a as a as an amateur you know as, mm-hmm. as a, just just a uh an enthusiast uh, but yeah, I love outer space and everything about it. That's why our groups, that's part of why our groups game is a sci-fi outer space game. But I love that. I, uh, every time I talk to you and we drift into like, we've talked about star Wars a bunch. Mm. It, it makes me really wish that, that I could, I had the time to go back and pick up some of the episodes of like deep space nine and Voyager that I never finished. Cause I think I stopped star trekking when, when next generation ended maybe a season after that and i never really stuck with and that's that's how my geekiness started i fully started as a trekkie right yeah so you know anytime we talk like anytime there's a reference to to star trek on the game or you know you you mention something like i need to go back and star trek some more (laughs) i haven't star (laughs) trek in a long time (laughs) well i think I think you stopped watching about the time that I felt like it wasn't as good anymore. I thought next generation, I, uh, next generation was the bomb. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Every, everything. I feel like after Roddenberry passed away, it was never quite as good. Um, well, they just, they just overextended themselves. They had three, three separate shows going at the same time. Cause they had their like next generation Voyager and deep space nine all had at least one crossover, like one season where they were all playing. I knew I knew DS9 and Next Gen had crossover. I didn't remember Voyager having crossover with with Next Gen. Am I am I wrong? I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't remember the the timelines well enough to say if you are or not. But um, I just I, think I feel like I, I remember there right. was like there's so much Star Trek. <laughs> I think you're right. I think they oversaturated. Um, but there's other things too. I, I think they lost some of what made Star Trek special in the first place after Roddenberry passed. But yeah. we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're here to talk about role playing games. I, I looked it up. Uh, Next Generation ended in '94, and Voyager ended in '95. So no, there was no, or started in '95. So no, there was no triple crossover. But they were very space, close, though. Very, yeah. very close. Yeah, right on top of each other. Um, so tabletop role-playing games. Yes. You got your Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which I feel like everybody knows about, but 
there are so mm-hmm. many others too that are fantastic, like GURPS, uh, like Monster of the Week, all these other great things. They are, when I first got excited about them as a kid, they were all about the fantasy, the imagine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the imaginary worlds and all these things. But what they what they turned into when I was a teenager and actually got into a group to play with and then and then for the rest of my life is they are in a lot of ways that social framework that that social um activity around which socializing can happen for me right mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where i can our GURPS game is a great example i was really nervous to get into an online well, the online part I, w- was actually good. It would be would have been worse if it was in person. But I was I was nervous about getting into a game, uh, uh, any kind of situation with strangers, right? Right, because and, you you only knew. Did you even know Bama at the time? No, no, I didn't. I did not know Bama. We had we had texted just a handful of times after I joined the Geek to Geek community, but I didn't mm-hmm. really know him. I didn't didn't really know any of you. And that would have been an impossible situation. I would have just straight up said no to it under any other circumstance. But I very much have wanted to do a, a role-playing game podcast for so long. And it was an opportunity to play GURPS, which I wanted to do for so long. So that that became this framework that made it possible for me to do this social interaction with you strangers. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it was funny because Beige was like, uh, he just sent a, cause I had a long time ago mentioned, Hey, when I have time, I would love to do a, an actual play. And he's like, Todd, meet Joe, Joe, meet Todd. Uh, exactly. If you want to do an actual play, go. <laughs> and exactly. <we're> like, okay. <laughs> um, and then use like, I was, I was really close to going, you know what? I just don't know that I have time right now. I don't know. That's a great idea for me. And then you were like, <laughs> well, I'm thinking GURPS. And I'm like, I've never played GURPS. I've always wanted to play GURPS. <laughs> now I've really got to think about this. <laughs> right, right. And then that became the the catalyst to uh, what has ended up being a really wonderful situation. And, uh, you know, obviously very happy that I met Kelly through that. And mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. become and we've become very close. And, you know, to a to a lesser degree, you know, I've become online friends with you guys. And, and it's been this wonderful social thing that as an introvert would never have happened if we didn't have the shared love of uh, role playing games. That's why I started this podcast, because geekiness brings people together. <laughs> it does. Even people who don't like other people and just want to be left alone. Right, exactly. <laughs> For some reason, so many of our geeky interests involve multiplayer aspects, and that pushes us out into the world. Well, we've had I've had conversations where we're, we're talking to friends, and Matt's like, "Oh, Joe has a bigger social life than I do, and he's the introvert." And people are like, <laughs> "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, he never sees these people." <laughs> But we're like flying to England and meeting Raven and we're driving around the country and meeting Bam and Beach. And he knows all of these people that he's never met before. Yeah, because you have to know other people to play your favorite games with. Exactly, exactly. Whoever decided, hey, let's make it so that people can actually play together, like has made a lot of people actually be able to be social, which is kind of, I don't think anybody thinks about that on a regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what's great about role-playing games is, uh, you know, they get you 
with yeah. all this this lore and backstory and creativity and and all these things that we introverts love and then at the very end they're like and by the way you'll need a, a table of other people to play with and it's like dang it you tricked me <laughs> i've been bamboozled <laughs> did um how, which which system did you start with did you start with dungeons and dragons i started with dungeons and dragons yeah back in the day i think it was second edition is what i was playing in high school and it was, you know, it was, it was just me and, and uh, one person that I had been friends with for several years and then some other nerds that one way or another we found out at school also mm-hmm. were interested in D&D. So we got together and, you know, we had never played it before. We didn't know what we were doing. And back then there weren't things like, you know, uh, actual plays on the internet because the oh, internet right. wasn't really a thing yet. So we were we were just figuring it out by reading the books, getting together, arguing over the rules, and then just kind of figuring it out as we went. And and it was great fun. But what we never really got, my what my group didn't get, other groups I'm sure did, but what we never figured out on our own was the role playing aspect. Right, it would just become a, a numbers crunching thing. Yeah, there was there was puzzle solving. You mm-hmm. know, whoever was was creating that adventure would have a room where there was you know there's a statue in the middle of the room, and there's some weird writing at the base of it, and the door is locked, and you got to figure out what to do with the statue, rotate it this way or whatever to make the door open. Like we got the puzzle part and puzzle solving. And of course, mm-hmm. combat. We got we were all over combat, right? Um, but yeah, we never we were never sitting there, you know, making up backstories for our characters and developing um, funny different ways of speaking, whatever accents or whatever, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and actually role playing it out, which is which is something that I enjoy more now as an adult. It still makes me nervous. I'm very shy about that. But I appreciate it more, having been exposed to it more, and and I see I see the appeal of that. And as someone who has who has enjoyed writing, you know, amateurishly writing over mm-hmm. the course of my life, it, it's a great exercise in character development and and all of these things that I also enjoy in my writing. But I imagine that is different for you because you have a bit of a theater background. I do, and it's funny because it's the exact opposite. I like. I was thinking about the other, that the other day. I was like, Todd and his voices are so much better than mine. <laughs> oh wow! I was like, I was like, he he just he doesn't he doesn't show any fear when he's I'm like you might feel it, my friend, but you don't show it when he's <laughs> like I'm going to be a bird person and I'm going to sell being a bird person. Um, we talked about this weekend with like how Kelly and I were in tears when we first met your can- canine person. <laughs> And we explained to Matt that they, they spoke like Scooby Doo, and like we just like for for listeners when we are if well first of all if you haven't listened to Cautious Optimism shame on you, but um you know one of the characters speaks like Scooby Doo, and we don't usually mute our mics because we want to pick up like little reactions and laughter and stuff. Um, all of us were muted because we were all laughing so hard that we were crying. Like it wouldn't have been, <laughs> it wouldn't have been recordable. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, I'm I mean, glad. I was so nervous about that character voice too. Cause when I was imagining having a, a dog person 
in the game, which I, the only reason I even came up with that really was because Raven is playing a cat person and there just felt like there should be a natural history there between a cat species and the dog species. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I was imagining the character in my head, I thought, you know, it'd be funny is if we talked a, a bit like Scooby-Doo and I was like, oh, I'll be too nervous. I'll be too shy to actually do that. I'll just, I'll just have to make him very subtle. And in the moment where we were recording and we were playing the game and it was time for the cane and the talk, I was just like, ah, hell with it. It'll be funny. I'm going with it. And <laughs> glad I did. We, we rang her doorbell and she barked at us. It was great. Like, it was <laughs> great. Um, yeah, no. So for me, it was, for me, it was the storytelling part. And I think I, when you're an adult and you look back at your life, you're like, oh, okay, that's why I shouldn't have been a theater major as far as acting goes. I should have stuck with the directing. Like I, I ended up where I am supposed to be. I'm supposed to be behind the scenes helping other people perform <laughs> and not actually being in front of the people. So, um, so that's, I think, the thing that I enjoy the most is that storytelling mm-hmm. and that being able to kind of create these worlds. And if I had the writing talent that some people have, what is not would be a novel series. I just don't have that kind of talent. So the next best thing is like, well, I'll just create the world and I'll, other people play in it. And that way I can still kind of tell my story, but I don't have to like figure out how to compose these paragraphs and sentences to make them readable. I I think there's a, a lot of that for me as well, and and I'm sure there's a lot of that for a lot of people. What what's interesting about role playing games from the storytelling point of view is that if you're playing a character, you get to really focus on just that one character. When you're writing a novel or a short story or whatever, you have it can be overwhelming to try to think about mm-hmm. all these different characters and all their different points of view and all their different backstories and all their histories and how would they all interact and right. you get them all together in a room and it, it, it's it can be too much but when you're playing D or gurps or what have you and you're a player you've just got the one character all you have to do is think what is my character's motivation what is my character well, how does my character talk what does my character want out of life and then react to everybody else or Keep your mouth shut in a lot of circumstances, but you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. All you have to do is react to the world and the other players, and that is, I think, gen- I genuinely think for anyone who's interested in writing and storytelling, that that is a useful exercise uh, mm-hmm. in character development, and and it's the same for being the GM uh, with world building for sure. I, you know, and I, I, I love that, but it's also a, a collaborative experience where you're not as an author, it's all you, you, you're right. responsible for everything. And it's, it's kind of useful. I think as a, as an exercise, as a writing exercise to say, I'm going to, I'm in charge of the world building and I will create situations, but I don't have to create six interesting characters to solve them. The players will do that. Exactly. Exactly. When I think that both of you and I, both you and I, at some point in the game, have said, "Well, I don't know what does that person look like." You know, like like if you don't have an idea, you can always throw it back out to the players and say, "Create this NPC for me," because I'm I'm not 
it's not coming to me right now. Tell me who this is. Exactly. Oh, you've decided to interact with an NPC that I didn't think was important enough to have a name or personality. So <laughs> help me out, guys. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. Now, so uh, D&D was your first. My first was actually um, the original Marvel superheroes. I don't know if you've ever had any experience with that system. I haven't, no. I, I loved it because the way you created the characters, they said you could like randomly, they had lots of different generation ways, but they're like, you want to play the, the, the superhero that you want to play. So it was kind of, they, they called it a modeling system where they would have each stat and then they would have a list of characters in the Marvel universe that where their stat was that level. So you could say, well, I want to be as athletic as Captain America but as strong as Spider-Man. And so you would look at where their, you know, where the benchmark characters were and where yours fit into it. And as long as you weren't going crazy and, you know, it was hard to go crazy because even if you look at the Avengers, you've got Black Widow and Thor on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kind of create any character you wanted and you didn't have to wait to get those really cool powers three or four levels in. Because it was kind of like, these are your powers, and if you want to do cool things with them, then yeah, you have to get some more experience. But you still have those powers from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was my, my first system. I loved it. So even though it was Marvel, you weren't playing as Spider-Man. You were creating your own character. You could do you could do either. Like they had they had stats for in fact, it's still there are Back in the '90s, when I was in college, um, I had I was the person running the Marvel superheroes email list because back then that was before message boards. <laughs> so if you want to talk to people about this stuff, you had to do it in an <laughs> email list. Um, and so there is still people that I was emailing back in college who have started a Facebook group online where they will. They have all the MCU stats. They're all statted out. They have, you know, all the, even though it's a Marvel universe, they have all the DC characters statted out. They have, you know, any comic book you can think of. They're probably, there are probably stats for it on this web, on this um, Facebook group. And they kind of keep it as a living encyclopedia of geekiness. I think there's, I think somebody did like 80s movies with Ghostbusters and Kit the Car and like, they just, they loved modeling all these characters. So you can pretty much find any Marvel superhero character stats for any fictional character out there. That is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There is an intersection of creativity nerds and spreadsheet nerds. Uh, that uh, that that overlap a lot with RPGs. <laughs> yes, yes, and they, you know, if you want content, people will generate that content. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is that sounds cool because, like, I would love to do a superhero RPG. You know, like if uh, it, it like you could do it in the GURP system. Even it's uh, mm-hmm. GURPS is flexible enough to do that. But but what I don't want to do is a superhero RPG in the DC world or the Marvel world. I want to do, I want to create my own, you know, I want right. us, the, uh, us, the people at the table to create our own. I would want people to make their own 
superheroes. And of course they're going to resemble existing ones because there are <laughs> so many superheroes in, in fiction already that how could you not? Um, right. But I would want it to be their own characters and their own creations. And I would want us to create our own world to tell our superhero stories. in. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the game that I played, we <laughs> played on AOL chat rooms. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm old. Um, <laughs> so we, we played and, and the way our GM got around it was he, it was in the Marvel universe, but we weren't in a high hero density population. So you could still run into some of these characters if they like, they could make cameos if you wanted them to, mm-hmm. but it was really our characters were taking care of this area of the U S. And so we were just, we didn't have to worry about, the Avengers sweeping in and, and taking over, but we could still fight Dr. Doom if we, if he, if he wanted us to, but he would create his own characters and um, his own villains. And Very I, cool. I, re- I remember anytime he said, and then suddenly all of us out of character in, in chat would go, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a, there's a mechanic called contacts where you have people that you, can go to for different things. And one of the players ran like, I don't know how, but she just got this ridiculous amount of contacts. And she just basically decided that her, she just had a very large family. Her character had a very large family and they all had different, like if they needed a lawyer, she got a lawyer, need a mechanic, they got a mechanic. And so he suddenly dropped a meteorite on a family, um, a family reunion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's oh, like, it's like too too many too many contacts. We'll take care of this right quick. <laughs> oh wow, that's heartless and cold. <laughs> like she goes, I am both really upset and just in awe of how epic that was. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think that I think that's one of the things. Like you have to have a group that appreciates the good and the bad. Like there's been plenty of times where we're like, damn it, Todd, <laughs> that's <laughs> just a, the end of this. Like, uh, again, we're still about 12 or 13 episodes uh, ahead of what we're publishing. But when we get to this episode, guys, we are living. We finished our game session yesterday on such a cliffhanger that we were all both, both very upset and just in awe of Todd's brilliance. Oh my goodness. Well, that was uh, not all me. That was you guys too. You guys made choices that led that led to the situation. Okay, so first of all, you you asked earlier what my first system was, and I said D and D. And in one of the first D and D games, actually, it was it was not one of my first games, but when I was in my early twenties, and I played with a new group of people, and it was a GM who also had a lot of D and D experience. I, uh, as a, a noob, as a fool who had just played with my high school friends and we did this sort of thing, said, okay, well, uh, we're all out of spells and hit points and stuff, so let's go back to town and sleep in the inn and then come back to this dungeon the next day. Mm-hmm. And when we came back to the dungeon the next day, the GM informed us that uh, the bad guys had caved it in and it was all collapsed, and we couldn't go back in. Oh, and no. He, and he said, you can't just go back to town and sleep in the inn in the middle of a dungeon. Once you leave the dungeon, you're done. 
if you need to sleep, you'll have to find a place to do it in the dungeon. I was like, but it's dangerous. And he said, yes. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. You can't just go home and come back later. And so ever since then, that's been my mentality. And now GURPS is not an exact analog of D&D in the sci-fi world we're doing. But I still, I I had kind of imagined the the heist, the spaceship you guys were going into as a dungeon. It was Mm -hmm. my idea of a GURPS dungeon. And so in my mind, at the end of that episode, you guys had all left. You had all left the dungeon. And... Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to spoil things. But anyway, so when preparing for yesterday's game, in my mind, okay, they're done with the spaceship. They spent a whole episode doing the thing, and they finished it, and that's over. So what's going to happen next? And I literally spent an hour before the game reading over the uh, GURPS spaceship book and the GURPS Ultra Tech book looking for, well, they're on a giant space station. They might want to buy some upgrades for their ship, and they might want to buy some gear for their characters because two of you guys were going to be on there for a couple days getting trained in a different thing. And so I was prepared for a a session full of role-playing and shopping. Mm -hmm. That's what I got ready for. And then when the game started, you guys were like, all right, Let's go back to the spaceship. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And that is not an, an odd occurrence for poor Todd. <laughs> There's a couple times where he's like, you did a you did a what to get out of that situation? A mixtape? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys always surprise me. And I love that. It's it it makes it fun. And that is why this tremendous cliffhanger. What it evolved organically, like as a GM, I had not planned. Okay, and then this is what will happen, and then this and this, and then we'll end on a cliffhanger. Like I had no idea what was going to happen, and it was decisions and choices that you made, and me, of course, as well. But like we all created this cliffhanger together, man. But did it? But did it evolve, or did it just spiral out of control? <laughs> well, I think, and I mean. I think as a GM, there's a natural tendency to say, okay, the players are going to do this, and I can't just let it succeed. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. That's boring if you just let everything succeed. You, In order to have drama and excitement and tension, there has to be some pushback from the world, the universe, the bad guys, what have you. So yeah, I was I was totally thinking, well, if they're gonna do this, what's cool for to be happening, you know, in the world? Well, okay. And then so yeah, I, I did I did try to ratchet up the uh excitement level for sure. No, you you did an excellent job of that, I gotta tell you. <laughs> we were we we were we we are anxious to play again. There was also an idea I had for, there is an idea I had for what was going to happen later after you guys finish up on the space station, get on your spaceship and start flying off to your next destination that it occurred to me, I could start bringing into this too. And so I was, there was a little bit of, of that, of like, well, should I start mixing up the other story ideas I have? Because there's an opening now. And so. 
I've I've done that. I've done that on what's is what is not, where I've got like kind of what I would like to do in season two and stuff that I wasn't intending to get to until season two. Mm-hmm. But because of the way you guys are going, I was like, okay, we can introduce these things here because they're they make sense and they'll keep the interest, you know? Right? Yeah. Um, are there any systems out there that you have wanted to play that you still haven't? I know GURPS was on that list for both of us. Um, that I, I'm interested in Pathfinder. Okay. Um, as someone who played second edition and, and third edition, um, I'm very curious to see what, what that system is like. Cause it's supposed to be like, like D and D. Where it, it was, it's supposed to be like the good old days, quote unquote, of D and D. So I'm, I'm curious to see what that's like. Isn't Pathfinder th- very closely related to 3.5? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And and so yeah, I, I kind of want to see what they did there. Um, what Pathfinder is all about. Uh, other than that, um, there are some systems I've played before that I'd like to revisit, like Paranoia. I had a lot of fun playing Paranoia. How is Paranoia? Because that was one I looked at for what is not. I, I have been looking for a good conspiracy theory um, game, and they're just hard to find because I think they're hard to pull off. Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to make up I think it, I imagine it's hard to GM a conspiracy theory game because there's so much going on in the world. There's so much to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, Paranoia was not so much a conspiracy game as it was an, an exercise in futility because <laughs> it's this, it's this wonderful sci-fi dystopian world where you all live inside a, a dome, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and your and the computer is in charge of your lives, and there's not much in way of personal freedom, and the computer is insane. So it it gives you all kinds of horrible lose lose situations. Like, okay, uh, you are ordered to report to this room where only people of I, I don't remember the details, uh, but only people of yellow access are allowed in this room and you are ordered to go into this room. And you're like, but we're red. We're all reds. We're not mm-hmm. allowed into the yellow only room. And the computer's like, if you don't report to the yellow only room, you will be killed. And we're like, what's the penalty for a red going into the yellow room? Death. And I'm like, okay. Uh what do we do? We're doomed no matter what we do. And that was paranoia. The rules said that you should come to the game with a six pack of beer, presumably. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and every time your character dies, you drink one because you were clones and the game just kind of assumed that, yes, you will die and then you'll be replaced by your clone. That's insane. And it was, it was, it was funny and also terrible and (laughs) it was neat and it it appealed to the sci-fi nerd in me and it also to all those you know uh um, what was it the running man and stuff you know like Mm -hmm, those mm -hmm. those those dystopian sci-fi movies from from ages past um i don't know i i loved it it was it was ridiculous but i enjoyed it 
Yeah, I I love that. That explains so much about groups, Todd. Like I can't even tell you because <laughs> are, like one of the things we are constantly telling Todd is that he doesn't. He gives us like like impossible choices. Like we like there is no good choice. We've got to try our best to figure out what is the least of the two evils. And I've never had somebody uh, in charge of a game that has been like able to balance the these are two tough choices but you don't hate the person because they're only giving you those two choices you're like in awe that oh my god like how could you possibly put us in this situation this is kind of (laughs) awesome well thank you i uh I, I enjoy I, I I think a lot of the fun of a D and D game outside of or any tabletop game I should say outside of the combat and the strat and the tactics and all that stuff the the role playing part I think is making choices mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I I I like the uh, the idea of here's some choices to make and they're interesting choices <laughs> yeah yeah uh, what a, what about what about you do you have a because I uh, do you have a, a series of books of of instruction manuals on your shelf that you've read and, and enjoyed but never gotten to play with anybody? I have a file called RPGs on my computer that has PDFs <laughs> from I, I'm not kidding you hundreds of different systems because I I love the creative creativity of the systems and there's a lot of um not game mechanic specific creativity in them that it's like, Oh, that's a really great idea. Like I could use that for something. So I, 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 so I put it in a file and, you know, I, and I, I kind of collect all these different ideas of what you can do. Like I have a folder for game systems that I think would be good spinoffs for what is not, if we ever decide to do that. And like, I would, most of them are, most of them are play by the apocalypse um, or powered by the plot, the apocalypse games. So they have the same kind of, you know, one to six is a, or three to six is a, a loss. Seven to nine is a moderate success. And then 10 and above is a, a major success. So that's kind of the core group, but there must be, I think there was something like 300 different powered by the apocalypse games and hacks because people just take the system. It's an open system to today. And they just turn it. They're like, I feel like playing, um, I feel like playing a game about people in, you know, I'm going to do a, a shadow run type game. There's a shadow run powered by the apocalypse. There's fantasy powered by the apocalypse. There's one where you play lost toys. There's one where you play <laughs> like, yeah. like toy story, like, like a little bit, a bit, a little bit more well, like, like, okay, so you know the the city of lost toys where they're all like stitched together and disturbing. It's a little bit more like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, where they walk, and you've got like the baby head on the rollers, and and um, <laughs> Woody and Buzz are like, "Where are we? <laughs> this is terrifying." Um, it's a little bit more like that, but yeah, you've got so many different different games, and then looking at the ones that would work with the what is not theme there's like a one shot called sleep away where you're the counselors at a friday the 13th like um uh camp summer camp and so the whole thing is trying to survive and then if your character dies you help steer the killer 
Oh, interesting. Um, one that I really love that I totally have told Kelly and all the basically all the 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 women that we play with in the two games that we need to play this. It's called Brindlewood Bay, and what's the? I've got to find the because they say it much better than I do. Um, I'm not going to be able to pull it up fast enough, but it's basically like murder. She wrote. And so (laughs) it's the, you, you pick a, you're basically creating a grandma, like an elderly woman that is part of the, the murder Maven book club. And so they have to uh, solve these different mysteries and then you start like the first is just like, oh, there's been a murder. We're going to investigate it. And then the next episode, oh, there's another murder. Well, let's call the Mavens because they seem to be good at this. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of this like Lovecraftian conspiracy. Um, and I just love I just love the creativity <laughs> that these <laughs> things come to the table with. I. I am very interested in listening to the podcast of of you playing that game system uh, with all of all of our female gamers. Uh, I will listen to that every week. That's I, I told I told I told I think I've told Katie and, and Kelly about it, and I said I think we need to do this just I think just as a summer one shot. You know, do maybe a couple episodes over the summer and just just see what it's like because. Like I can see it being both hilarious and like dark. That's what I like. I like it when you can, and somebody just recently said on our um, Slack channel that the thing he likes about cautious optimism is that we balance serious with silly. Yeah. And I think that's the best kind of RPing because it's like you, you can have those, those deep moments are so much more significant when you were cutting up, 10 minutes ago and now all of a sudden it's you you got the contrast so the highs are high and the lows are low yeah no i i i agree i like i like when we can have a balance of comedy and then also some high stake situations yeah and and yeah i think i think the mavens trying to solve murder mysteries uh, has a lot of potential for that now have you ever looked into us being introverts? Have you ever looked into solo RPGs? No, I did not know that existed until until recently. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'll have to send you a link. And the reason why I say this is because I know you were saying that the thing you like about RPGs is the social aspect. But I also know yeah. you like. <laughs> I also know you like the role playing. I mean, the the right. writing part of it. Right. And so there's the, the, a lot of them are journaling games where you take on this character, and the the game system generates these situations, and then you talk about you write about what the situations were like. So it kind of reminds. I mean, the way it's described, maybe it's totally different. But in in my head, I'm imagining something like like a writing prompt. Right, where you get yeah. you're you're given a situation and then you write something in response to that or based on it or whatever. Yeah, the, those are the those are the journaling type ones, and then they do have ones that are. I don't know if you've ever seen. Um, oh, what was it called? There's one that's really good on YouTube. Me, myself, and die. 
Yeah, it's very, very clever. And he's a he's a voice actor, and he was. It's the middle of the pandemic. And he's like, I don't know what to do with myself. So he started just doing a solo RPG and recording it. And so all the characters have these really cool voices, and uh, and yeah, where he's just basically playing a Savage World game, but he's playing by himself. And he's creating the characters and there are systems set up to work in tangent with pretty much any system out there that basically is the GM for you. So you ask a question and the roll on a, on a table and it gives you the answer. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess that's the difference between just writing. Cause when you, when I'm writing, I, I decide what succeeds and fails based on what I think will make a good story. But in this system, what succeeds and fails would be determined by dice rolls. Yeah. And so it gives you that, that randomness of, and, and, and maybe lack of control because that lack of control creates the kind of ingenuity um, that you get in a role-playing game. Interesting. Now I'm excited about that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and not all of them. Like, like again, some of them are just journal writing prompts where they give you kind of like ideas. Um, but so, so here's a couple that I just think are are very different concepts that I had. Like, people are brilliant, and I wish I was this brilliant. But Dave X Machina is the name of this solo game, and this is the description: You are Dave. You are a somewhat <laughs> you are a somewhat average human person whose interests include eating pizza, watching TV, and minding your own business. Life would be fine and dandy if it wasn't for one small thing. Every so often, someone somewhere in an alternate dimension performs a summoning ritual, but due to some arcane typo instead of a demon, they get you. Dave. Uh -huh. And so you have to basically, you have a timer that every time you roll, you have to mark a little thing on the time. So you only got so many moves you can make where you have to solve whatever this person needs, because if you don't, you're stuck in that world forever. <laughs> Neat. So I thought that was really cool. There is one called, um, uh, which one? Long Haul 1983. Have I told you about this one? Because I know I was talking about this at one point. 1980. I don't remember this one. So Long Haul 1983. And it is um, basically something has happened. And uh, let me read it. Long Haul 1983 tells the story of a dangerous journey through an empty world. You play a long haul trucker, truck driver trying to make their way home. Every day, you'll hit the road, navigating treacherous highways, fleeing from menacing threats, and dealing with the psychological impacts of isolation. And at the end of each day, you'll find a payphone, make a call, and leave a message for your most important person in your life. They never pick up, but you never stop calling. Using a deck of cards, a few dice, and a microphone, players will create an original narrative of resilience in the face of world-shifting catastrophe. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, there's that takes, so much uh, that takes the idea of being an introvert and enjoying alone time and and then taking that to a next level of like what if you were alone all the time in your in your rig driving mm -hmm. home and the and you, they're not even answering the phone so are they are the is the loved one you're trying to get to even okay and what's going on and also are as you're driving home are are there zombies trying to eat you? Are are 
are robot did robots take over the world and they're attacking you on your drive home what's going on in the world why is it all so dark and messed up and why don't they answer the damn phone yeah it's like i i've honestly thought of like playing this with a theater group at school and having them turn it into like a short one person play (laughs) <laughs> because it because it just I feel like it just comes up with like you could come up with so much fun material with it. Um there's world makers where they basically the point of the game is to make a world for your for your RPG. Um there is uh, one called Thousand Year Old Vampire where if you're gonna play a vampire character in your game and you know that they've been alive for a really long time, you can play this game and it'll give you the entire history of the the vampire. So they have a lot of like what, character building games. And so does the history of the vampire come? Like, are you rolling like hundred sided dice and looking up the stats on a chart then? Or well, it's prompts. That one's prompts. I have that okay. one. I got that one in hard copy because it's gorgeous, Todd. It is like this. It looks like a little journal, and it is basically you'll roll it. It's it you. It uses a memory system where you can only keep so many memories at a time because you're so oh. old. Well, that's my real life. <laughs> you keep so many memories at a time. It's so true. But yeah, they they have so many memories that they can keep. And so like you'll completely forget entire aspects of your life, but you have to decide what you're gonna forget. Like you the oh, player wow. has to decide what the character is gonna forget. Um, as new memories are kind of collected. And Talk so it'll about s- tough choices. What part yeah. of your life do you want to forget? I guess there's a couple parts I would be happy to forget, but at a certain point, it's going to be, you're going to run out of lame memories. And it's like, oh man. Right. And so it'll, it'll give you, you, like you go back and forth in this prompt book and it will, there's, I think there's three prompts on a page. So before you, um, land like if you land, you can land on the same page three times before you have to like repeat a prompt, and you know that doesn't really happen that often. But let me see if I can get to a prompt that gives an example. Um, creatures like yourself have taken over the earth. What is your position in this new world? The game is over. <laughs> okay, that wasn't the best prompt. That was a good, wow. a good example. Wow, um, it was later on in the, <laughs> the game. game is over. <laughs> Um, an immortal character has been destroyed by mortals. How did you come to find out about this? What did you lose? Create a skill based on memory, based on the memory, create an immortal character if necessary. So you're kind of creating the, the, the NPCs as you go, you're creating your relationships. Um, sometimes you have to get rid of a relationship to gain a skill and it's, (laughs) sorry, Barbara. I I'm really interested in learning how to play te- tennis. So, <laughs> well, I know a jerk. <laughs> well, I think the idea is is like you, Barbara is now 93 and has passed on. <laughs> oh, you're you're not murdering her to, to well, you, gain incredible tennis powers. Not not a one on one. Not a one on one. Whoa! What a jerk game. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's a game. There's one called Artifact where if you're playing like in in Monster of the Week, one of the um, playbooks is the Chosen, and the Chosen gets a 
ancient weapon. So you could play this game to find out what the history of this weapon is. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. So there's so many like writing. Well, you, could, you could use something like that to create a backstory on your own for a character that you're then going to take to a, a group or TTRPG session. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so many of those out there. Um, there is a whole series called Alone In or Alone Among, where you're just like walking through ruins or walking through um, uh, an abandoned spaceship yard. Ooh. Like, you know, um, and uh, there's so many very cool, cool things. Like, people are so creative. So creative. I know, right? That's the one good thing about people. <laughs> they create they create some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> we do. Man, well, I mean, I guess you could be playing are you are you doing these now? Are you playing through these or do you just like read the rules and stuff? Well, I'm so I I have I've gotten a lot of these with the plan of playing them. I it's just been a rough it has been a rough school year. So I have already sure. told Matt that I'm like over Thanksgiving break, I need a couple days because I'd like to play some of these games. Um and so I'm hoping that over my my more extended breaks I can get into them some of them. I mean this is the today this weekend was the first weekend in a while that I've actually been able to sit down and kind of start reading through the rules to say, all right, which one of these do I want to do first? Um you know, is there something I can use to make um characters or something cool for monster uh for uh what is not yeah yeah so that's interesting that there are single player role-playing games my my sister who goes by Lindsay on the internet is uh ha has been telling me about these single player like board games and single player card games besides solitary or solitaire obviously mm -hmm. um out there and it's like wow there's single player. There's single player versions of all these things uh, that I enjoy. That's cool. But then, like I was saying before, for for me, board games and RPGs in a lot of ways provide a, a social framework. Playing them by myself is an interesting thought because I already have a lot of other things I do by myself. Right. You know, the single player video games, building models, all these other hobbies. It's interesting to think about these things that I thought of as multiplayer only and kind of uh, vine for that time. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I'm again, because you and I both write and, and because a lot of these kind of can be used for, yes. for game prep. I'm kind of like, I think this is a fun way to, you know, w when you're staring at that blank page, but you want to write something, it's kind of a good way to, get the creative juices flowing. And so yeah, it's kind of pity backing on one of those two. Like, I don't think I would play these games literally just to play them and then be done. You know, I know a lot of people like this, just what they're going to spend their time doing when they're going to play the game, they have the experience and they're done for me. It's like, if I'm not going to record it as a podcast or use it to, to add to a game that I'm doing or do it for a, you know, a book idea that I'd like to try and, you know, even if it never gets published, I'm still trying to write to build that skill. Right. It's not as much a, I'm just sitting here playing. Not that there's anything wrong with just sitting and playing an RPG by yourself. But for me, it's a little bit more uh, a, a, a means to an end. 
Yes, I, I see that. What's interesting about the idea that you wouldn't want to play a role-playing game by yourself or why there's any kind of stigma about that, because that is my first thought, too, is that why would I do that? But I do with these other things by myself. I play single-player video games that do not accomplish anything. I don't get a podcast out of it. I don't get practice uh, in a skill. I don't get anything to show the world. I get bumpkiss except for the, my personal enjoyment um, out of playing video games. And there's other things we do that are the same way. So why, why is it that when you say single-player role-playing game, do I think, oh, why would I do that? I would do it for the same reason I play a single-player video game. Right, yeah. Just because it's fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there are definitely people. There are definitely people who do that, and I think it's awesome. I, I just know for me, it's like I have to. I have learned I have to stack my geekiness. Yeah. <laughs> How do I make the most out of these three hours that I will have, and not have another three hours for the next week? Um, yep, yep. No, I get that. You want to maximize your limited free time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've always heard as a as a writing uh, idea or concept or, or advice that when you're writing something you should you know throw away your first and second ideas because the ideas you come up with first and second are too easy too simple too obvious too cliche whatever and your better ideas will be the ones you come up with after you think harder about it or whatever oh, that's and really i cool. I've never thought about that right and i like the idea that in these systems if you're using these systems to write something for yourself or to show other people either way if you roll the dice and the thing you were trying to do fails, that's a that's an interesting way of forcing yourself to to throw away that first idea because you rolled a one and it's not going to work. So now you have to come up with another idea that might be better off for the story anyway. Yeah, or when the when the flow of the story doesn't like the role doesn't make sense to the story, like it's telling you that something that seems contradictory happens, like that yeah. challenge of how do I make this work in this situation? Or do I like yeah. a lot of a lot of these systems are like, if it really doesn't work, nobody's going to know if you re-roll. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You're like, you are by yourself after all. So yeah, it's like, uh, the point of this is to have fun. So if it's like, well, that's not a great answer. So just roll again. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah. So you asked me earlier if there was a gaming system that I haven't played yet that I want to that I do, I am curious about playing. Apparently, there's an Aliens RPG, and I am interested in playing that, but mostly just because there is somebody important in my life who enjoys playing that, and I want to play that with them. Well, that's I wanna, cool. I want to throw that out there. Have you ever Have you ever played any um, movie or very big IP based role playing games? No. I don't think so. Oh, I play. I played the uh, Star Trek RPG once. So I always wanted to play that, and again, just nobody in my immediate vicinity <laughs> had any interest. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, isn't that the that is always the hurdle? Scheduling and finding people who want to play the game system with you is right. That's always the hardest part. I guess that's why people make up the single player ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, here's a system. So now you can go play Star Trek on your own. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, when I played that, oh my gosh, cause that was pre COVID and I, I was playing in person with my, my D and D group and I convinced them to play it as a, as a one-off because 
the only game they really want to play is D and I've never had much success talking them into these other games, that mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. group of people. Um, but I convinced him to do the Star Trek one, one time. And so I wore a, uh, Star Trek next generation, uh, uh, the, the top part anyway of the uniform, you know, the red, mm-hmm. the red captain's uh, uniform shirt. I wore that to the gaming session and it was, it was great fun. It was fantastic. <laughs> Todd, when I was in junior high, I went to my first Star Trek convention and I got one of the little communicator pins. Yeah. And, and I had it on my, I mean, they had the big gaudy ones that you pressed and they made the little noise. It's like, no, that's not, it's not realistic. It's a big plastic thing. So I got the little, <laughs> the little, the little metal. Looks, that looks fake. Yeah, that looks fake. I'm not going to do that. So I would wear it to school <laughs> because I yeah. was a kid. And my and a teacher looked at me and she goes, you really don't want to have friends, do you? <laughs> Oh, is that literally what she said? That's me. <laughs> it was. She didn't mean it to be mean, I don't think. But like, I, like I was that kid, and I was like, I don't care. I like it. I'm keeping it on. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> don't let the world tell you how to behave. You be yourself. But no, I was. I was definitely that Star Trek kid. Like I dressed. I dressed in a uniform for Halloween in junior high. Like I was. I was obsessed. <laughs> I I had a I I had the cheap plastic pin on my uniform that I wore to the Star Trek RPG the the kind that you would probably have made fun of and said oh that looks fake <laughs> oh, no 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 okay like I want to clarify was it was it like proportionally sized to the actual pin well, it, or, or was it the one that was like four inches tall no I mean it came with it came with the uniform so it was proportioned correctly for you know what it looked like it was on the show. Yeah, no, there was there was one out there that it was the only one that made the noise when you touched it, but it was like three and a half, four inches tall, but like five inches. I was like a, oh. was like, a like a a saucer <laughs> for for a tea teacup. It was like huge. Oh, um, I see. Well, it, I mean, you could put that on your desk or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that it wasn't cool to have. I was just like, oh, I'm wearing that in school because you could wear like you could literally put it on your. On your shirt. <laughs> like, I don't know who's walking around with that. That just doesn't seem comfortable. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You gotta yeah, make, no. if you're making a replica of something from a TV show, it has to look, it has to, yeah, it has to be like it was on the TV show. That's the whole point. Exactly. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't care what it's made out of. I just want it to, I just want it to be, you know, I want to complete the ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool any other um any other things out there that you've heard of seen that you're like yeah it'd be kind of cool to to try not really my thing is that i i don't have the passion for learning the rule sets that it sounds like you do so mm-hmm. i i want to do a superhero game and I I want to I tried to get my D and D group into a kind of a, a Fallout you know uh, post apocalyptic game. Right, they didn't right. they didn't go for it. They just wanted to go play more D and D. So whatever. <laughs> but you know I want to I want to do superheroes and post apocalyptic uh, um, and and maybe spies and all these different genres. I want to do these different games, but I'm not super excited about having to learn a whole nother set of rules. Cause that's hard. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what appeals to me about GURPS is that we could take like when the cautious optimism eventually gets blown up and you all die, we, <laughs> or maybe you save the universe and you, and it's successful. I mean, it could go either way. Who knows? We, we peacefully retire. <laughs> there you go. When that campaign comes to an end and, and, and if we, all want to play again. I would I would love to do a superhero campaign or some other setting, some other completely different universe and setting. But I would kind of want to just keep using the GURPS rule set. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like with GURPS, we only have to learn that one rule set and then we can do whatever we want with it. Right. Um, I am sending you, as we speak, the... Um the list, like the big mega, mega list of um, powered by the apocalypse games, because oh, you, okay. now my 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 internet bandwidth is not infinite. I feel like you're you're going to DDoS me with this thing. <laughs> no, it's just it's just a it's just a link. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, here's two hundred PDFs. Download them all now. <laughs> I, I was tempted, but I re- refrained. Um, but you can go through and look at some of the ones they have because they do have. They have. I'm not happy with their superhero one for for what I like to play, but they have so many different genres out there, and you really are just kind of learning variations on the same system. So you don't yeah. have to learn an entire thing. And I, you know, I love GURPS, and every time I look at GURPS, I go. Is there an easier way to do this? Because it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. It it is that for sure. Um, and a, a simpler system would would be fantastic. So I clicked that first link um, to the ones on um, RPGG or RPG Geek, I guess, is where I am. Uh huh. And um, yeah, there's a, a lot of stuff here. <laughs> Yeah, just pages and pages and pages. So this is this is a. I have five minutes to to scroll down a couple more inches and see what else is out there. Um, but yeah, there's just there's just all like I think there's a Star Trek one. I think there's a Harry Potter one. I think there's a Star Wars one. Like there's just like people people have made a lot of games. I don't think uh-huh. if you, if you don't go looking for them, you don't realize how many systems are out there. No, that is true. You know, you just mentioned Star Wars, and I have heard good things about the the latest version of the Star Wars RPG. That that is probably a game system I would like to play sometime. Do you do you read the Dresden Files books? No. Uh, do you know what that is? I think I've heard of it. Uh, he's a, he's like supernatural, right? Like he's a yeah, he's a detective, but he's a wizard. He's a he's a wizard for hire in okay. a very very modern realistic setting, um, and apparently for like urban fantasy, like modern fantasy, the the game system based on that book series is supposed to be amazing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, would you have to be familiar with the 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 books then in order to play that and enjoy playing that that role playing game? I, I don't think so because you can do like we were talking about with the Marvel system. You can just kind of create your own thing and just use the rule system and have it not even in that universe. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. 
Yeah, I, 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 there's that that one I've heard is really good as far as other systems, and then um, our listener Lyle and I have have bonded over Leverage. I don't know if you've ever watched Leverage. No, I haven't. It's a it's a basically a bunch of criminals that decide they're going to be Robin Hoods, and so every episode is a new Ocean's Eleven like heist, and the Leverage role playing game has a mechanic where. If you get into trouble, you can do a flashback where you actually <laughs> meant to do that the entire time. Because you know how in Ocean's Eleven, you think that they're going to, oh, they've caught them. This is it. They're, they're going to go down. But then you see how they've like, you know, sleight of handed something or switched something up where it was planned like that the entire way. So there's actually a mechanic in the game where you can backtrack and rewrite what had happened to make this actually what you had planned to do interesting that would get confusing i would think in a in an rpg setting you would lose i don't know it seems like you'd lose track of uh the sequence of events maybe maybe i'm wrong though i mean yeah i've never seen it i would really like to find a really good leverage actual play because i at this point that's what actual plays i think most people use them for they're like they they enjoy the the big name ones for the the entertainment content and then they enjoy all the other ones for like how is this going to teach me how to play this game (laughs) how does this game actually work i feel bad for people who listen to our our gurps podcast because uh, for that reason, because uh, I'm barely hanging on by my fingernails to the GURPS rules. I, I love the system for its versatility, but it is complicated, and I'm sure we're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple times where we're like, mm, I'm sure that that's right, but you know what? We're having fun, so we're just going to go forward. We're just going to do what, it. Was it la- not yesterday, but was it the time before that we played where afterwards you guys are like, Todd, you keep talking about deception skill. That's in D&D. There is no deception skill in GURPS. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing. We're so familiar with certain systems that we're all like, well, I would know how. I think Bama said it a couple of times. I would know how to do this in, in Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. I have no idea how to do it here. Exactly. That's why I kept saying, roll a deception check. It's like... Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you do in D&D. Is there not deception in this game? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's acting or s- smooth talk or fast talk. Fast talk? Fast talk. Fast talk, yeah. You know, that's what's interesting about all these different rule sets is that at some point, uh, uh, one person or a team of people or whatever sat down and said, okay, what's real life like? And how can we simulate that with dice? And I Mm -hmm. think there must be some kind of Freudian psychological, it must say something about the creators of these games and how they perceive the world to be like, that's what you think deception is. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what, that's what you think that this thing in real life is like. That's, that's how you've chosen to simulate it in the game. I don't know. There's something there, man. You can learn a lot about a person's psyche by how they create an RPG and how they play it, for sure. I've, there's got to be there's got to be like academic papers on on this kind of stuff. I know that there's a couple of colleges that actually have pop culture departments, like yeah. that actually study like comic books and role playing games and video games and and their impact on on society. So it's like a combination psychology sociology major. And sure, all the made-up sciences. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what are they thinking? <laughs> Let's try and figure it out. Um, All the soft sciences. I the guess. soft sciences. Yes, yeah. the soft sciences. <laughs> That's interesting. I bet. I'm. I'm. I know. I made fun, but it, honestly, I bet those could be fascinating classes and, and subjects to study. I, I wish they had that when we were <laughs> when we were younger, because I would have been like. Yeah, that that would have been that would have been the perfect major for me. Let's just geek out for four years. I it would also, I mean, it would have been great, but it would also not necessarily have been helpful when you go out into the job market. Well, I don't know. Between video games and role playing games, right now, those are yeah. really big, really big markets. That's true, and realistically, nobody does what they majored in anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's so fine. True. <laughs> it's very very true. Um. So, yeah. So, listeners, yeah. if there's anything you want to know about RPGs, if you are an old hat and you're like, oh, hey, you forgot this one. It's amazing. You should check it out. Please let us know because I know at least I am all about like, oh, I have not heard of this system before. Let me research it. Um, but also, if you're like looking for a system or you want to know, we, we should have a we should have a we should have you back and talk about how we GM. Like maybe we get you Andrew on at the same time and talk about how, you know, for people who want to start running a game, like maybe tips and tricks, that might be a fun episode. Sure. That's a good idea. But until then, it'll hit us up on, on Slack and discord and we'll, we'll, we'll answer questions and we'll, if we don't know, we can always find out. We'll just roll a die. And, yeah. and give you the answer that the the die comes up with. <laughs> look it look up look it up on a chart. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, this has been fun. I'm so glad that that you were able to to last minute step in. I very very much appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this has been a blast. Definitely. Any any time. Like you are open open invitation. <laughs> Uh, any shout outs this week? Uh, shout out to all the great players in my Cautious Optimism GURPS game, because that that game is as much uh, is good as much because of what you guys have done as because of anything I've done. You guys Aww. are great. <laughs> we have a we have a good leader. Um <laughs> And I do want to. I want to send a shout out also to to everybody who is on uh, and works on as the dice roll. If you if you have not seen, if you've not listened to to as the dice roll, go over and head out. Like there's there's two long running campaigns. There's a little one on hiatus that we're really trying to get Drew to start back up, and, and I think we've almost got him him there. So you know, go check it out. If you haven't if you haven't listened, go check it out. And if you are, are still hesitant, hop onto our Slack channel and ask people about it, and they will tell you whether it's worth your time or not. But yeah, that's it. Uh, next week, we okay, so the plan is we're going to try and talk Eternals next week. We will have to see if, if Ray is uh, alive and well at that point, because I think sometimes he's just asleep because he needs to be. <laughs> um, but 
that's coming up. And then I do believe the week after that, I'm going to try and have Brian and maybe Rob on because I think we're going to talk Ghostbusters. Um, is it Ghostbusters Legacy or Ghostbusters? What's the new Ghostbusters movie called? Res- Resurrection? Yeah, Ghostbusters, Resur- Ghostbusters Resurrection. I, maybe, I could be wrong. I don't know. That's coming out this weekend. And I'm are you gonna go see it? Is that a is that a fandom of yours uh, at all? I'm not going to theaters. I didn't like theaters before COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like mm-hmm. crowds. So but uh I'll see it when it comes out at home. By the way, the the other the all lady cast Ghostbuster movie was fantastic and deserves more credit than it got. <laughs> I I liked it. I just there was so much controversy over it. It's like it, it became hard to just enjoy it for what it was because it had to be so much other stuff. I know. Everybody else shut up. It's just, it's a fun movie. Have some popcorn <laughs> and, and enjoy it. It was and, great. And if you don't enjoy it, you go back and watch the originals and leave us, leave us the rest of us alone. I mean, whenever, when anybody was complaining about that movie having all ladies in it or whatever, they're like, are we just going to ignore the fact that Ghostbusters 2 wasn't that great? And it was the original cast. So everybody calm down. <laughs> it's true it's true i'm excited i'm excited about this one though i it does I think, look really good yeah yeah and it's i i hope that it doesn't have i i feel like the ghostbusters um fandom is is very much like the star wars fandom that you know you've got the, the group that's like come on guys we're getting more content just be happy and then you've got all the rest that are like you know it's not this <laughs> it's like no it's not it's something different move on we wanted more content, but we want it to be exactly like the original content we grew up on. But if you do make it exactly like the original content we grew up on, we'll complain that it's not creative enough. So <laughs> you cannot be made to be happy. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> All right. All the music of this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Kitty and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragos Qu- Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob. And are you and Bama still doing farming simulated? We're having some technical issues with that. So just a, a, a hiatus. Um, yeah, hiatus is good. We'll probably pick it back up. Well, the the new version of Farming Simulator is going to be out later this month. We'll probably pick up the show after that comes out, or maybe December, January, if we can get our computer stuff fixed. Anyway, yeah, it's on hiatus. That's fair. And also, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek is super good. Listen to that podcast. Yes, definitely go check that out. I think this week she is, and I think I have to send her a, a audio clip. She's rerunning one of the episodes I've been on. Oh, then you know it's quality. So I, I hope so. <laughs> I know a couple of those I did. It depends on which one she picks. I know, I know a couple of those were very early on in my podcasting career. <laughs> Um, also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashock, Troidal Power, and Geen, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Todd, where can we find you? The best place to find me is on Twitter. I am 
aaron1701 on Twitter. That's Aaron1701. And uh, I try to tweet whenever I do anything interesting, which isn't often, but... <laughs> I like I you, you every once in a while will like post questions that I find absolutely hilarious because I think they're <laughs> I, I think they're meant to be. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I try to yeah. be entertaining on Twitter. They, they, they're a lot of fun. You definitely should be following Todd. <laughs> well, thanks again, my friend. I very much appreciate you being on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. And for the rest of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Yeah.